Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 248, which we are recording on Wednesday, June 30th, 2021. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And it's the last day of June. Officially, the year is half over. Crazy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. Okay, what are you wearing this last day of the first half of 2021? Well, I have been wearing my Ellery sweater by Elizabeth Doherty. This is a pattern that I have knit twice, both last year during, well, one of them I knit before the start of the pandemic. One of them I knit right at the beginning of lockdown because I liked this sweater so much. And also for the second one, I had gotten yarn at stitches for a second one and I, mm-hmm. I got to work on it right away but the first one that I have been wearing I've been wearing it because I made it out of cotton and it's been chilly in the mornings it's been foggy and I decided that it was perfect weather for a cotton sweater Ellery is a single color circular yoke pullover with slip stitch textures. And I love the way it fits. I love the textural knitting on the yoke. I used two strands of fingering white yarn to equal the needed gauge for the sweater, which, let's see, it was 18 stitches to four inches. So two strands of my fingering worked just fine for that. And I really have enjoyed wearing it this past week. So that is Ellery by Elizabeth Doherty. What are you wearing, Gail? Well, I still am not wearing too many hand knits because of little puppy teeth. And he's not really biting so much anymore, but his claws are so sharp. Oh my gosh, you would think he was a cat. (laughs) (laughs) So instead of wearing hand knits, I'm wearing... My favorite sweatshirt of all time, which is my Neighborhood Fiber Company Ball So Hard sweatshirt, which the zipper is broken. It doesn't zip up anymore. And oh, it has really? holes in it from the puppy. And I still oh, wow. wear it as often as I can. Wore it to the beach this morning with the dog, and it was just the perfect little layer. So I highly recommend Karita's clothing. Her yeah. t-shirts we both love, her sweatshirts. I wish that this was still available because it's burgundy and I just love it. Yeah, I have one of those sweatshirts and I really I know. like it too. So that's what we're wearing. And what are you stocking? I'm super excited about stocking right now. I am too, just because I've been seeing more things that I'm liking, which is fun. And the first one is also fun for another reason. A listener came into the shop a couple weeks ago, and it was fun, number one, to meet a listener. And then number two, she shared this pattern with me called The Cozy Hoodie by Clarissa Shilong. And it took me a while to find this pattern in the Ravelry database because for some reason the designer has published it with The Cozy Hoodie as one word. Ugh. Like she made it for a hashtag instead of a pattern name. I guess. So if you type in the cozy hoodie, this sweater does not show up in the database. So you have to type in the cozy hoodie as one word, which I can't even remember how I 
figured that out. Why make your pattern more difficult to yeah, find? I agree. <laughs> because if somebody is told a pattern is called Cozy Hoodie, I think they're going to search for Cozy Hoodie. Agree. So anyway, this pattern is a top-down pullover sweater knit in what the designer calls a seed rib stitch. From the photographs, it looks like a fisherman's rib or something very similar to a fisherman's rib. So it's going to have that squishy nature to it, which you can really see when you look at the photographs of the garment, because even though it is knit at about an Aran weight, it just looks thick and squishy. And the interesting thing is that since the the seed rib stitch looks different on both on either side of the fabric. She says that the sweater can be worn with either side of the ribbing as the public side. So that's interesting. interesting. Yeah, interesting as well. This pattern. Oh, that's right. I was trying to look up the sizes for it. And she doesn't have number sizes on the pattern, which I think is a serious omission for a pattern page because the extra small, small, medium, large, and then it goes through 2XL, that's really meaningless unless you have a number attached to it because I often feel that people just use those like they'll call the smallest size whatever number it ends up being they'll call that the extra small and then size up from that in terms of labels extra small small medium large and so on so without a number it's kind of meaningless so i can't tell you guys how large of a range there is for this pattern, which is somewhat unfortunate because it really is a gender neutral design. And I think this garment would look great on men and women. Well, isn't one of the FO pictures on a man? I believe it is. Thus proving what you just said. It could be. I can't tell. They have all of the heads cut off on the pattern page. (laughs) I thought I saw one picture. There with a man, may be a project. That's what I meant. Yeah. They're, like they're, project they're, page. Not yeah, the there very I'm well sorry. could be a project. But this one, like I said, it's knit at an Aran weight. And the sample is knit with two strands of sport weight yarn. But I think anything that you could knit up to 17 stitches to four inches would work just fine. It's a somewhat basic... Slightly oversized fit with the squishy fabric, like I mentioned. And then the collar in the front somewhat overlaps so that it looks like one side of the collar starts a little bit underneath the front of the other side. And the collar grows out of that into a hood in the back. It's pretty cute i think it's very cute i love it yeah i want you to knit it so that i can see what it's like in real life and then i might knit it i'm i'm pretty yeah i like it right now so i just don't have any idea on what yarn i would use so right now that's in the back of my 
stalking brain, and we will see. And that is The Cozy Hoodie, All One Word, by Clarissa Shelong. And second, you might recall I stalked a pattern by Ririko a couple of weeks ago called the Kaga Cardigan. So now there is a Kaga shawl and there is a Kaga pullover, both of which I really like. The shawl is a large triangular shawl that requires, let's see, 1,203 yards, which is 1,100 meters, and it has the same Kaga stitch that is used on the cardigan. Kaga, by the way, means flower bud. And that one is knit in fingering weight. The pullover is a slightly rounded v-neck and has the Kaga pattern around the body of the sweater rather than the yoke of the sweater. The yoke is knit in stockinette and it also looks like there's a narrow band of patterning that goes down the side of the arm. And the sample Kaga pullover is knit in one strand of fingering plus a lace at 21 stitches to four inches. And let's see, the Kaga pullover, the sizes, she has 11 sizes. So the the numbers for that are 40 inches to 70 inches or 104 centimeters to 180 centimeters. So with 11 sizes, it's a really good size range, I think. So that is the Kaga shawl and the Kaga pullover by Ririko. What are you stocking, Gail? I'm stocking things that are all a result of other people. <laughs> so basically, it sounds like I stock people who stock great patterns. So the first one is called the Clio Wide Brimmed Fedora, and it's by the designer Jess Copham. And someone is crocheting this. It's a crocheted hat for the Colors of Fall Knit Along, which is the thread in which I discovered it. And I don't know about the rest of the world, but in the U.S., we've had quite a fad of wearing these wide brimmed. They look like sun hats to me. Mm -hmm. but they're often in leather. They can be in all sorts of different fabrics. And I have just straw sun hats that are very much this style. So it's a very wide brim, kind of has a cowboy hat looking appearance to it. Mm -hmm. But this is knit with a lion brand yarn called Rewind, and it's a bulky weight tape yarn. And in all the FOs, it looks like a very lightweight hat. And it looks like it would probably be easy to pack if you're going on a trip. And I love my sun hat, that straw that's in this same style, but it does blow off of my head very quickly in the wind. So something a little bit heavier, I think would be really useful for me around here. I mean, when I go for walks with the dog, when I'm working outside, when we go to the beach, I wear this hat a lot. So the the hat not only 
is a great style and very functional, but it also has one of those little neckties on it that keeps it fastened to your head so that it doesn't blow off in the wind. Oh, yeah. So I really like it. I see that in my future. I instantly went and stalked the yarn, but it's not that easy to find. They do have it on Amazon in the U.S., but not in a color that I want. So, and then they sell it in a three pack and I think you only need two skeins of it. So I need to find a source for the yarn, but mm-hmm. it really looks like it would be easy because it's crochet. It looks like it's just single crochet. The person who listed it in our Colors of Fall knit along thread said that it was very easy and the pattern is great. So great recommendations for the Clio Wide Brim Fedora by Jess Copham. The second thing I'm stocking is a designer, and this is thanks to our friend Martha, who is Knit Crit on both Instagram and Ravelry. Charlene has knit many of the same patterns as Martha because you guys have I a similar have. aesthetic. Yes. Well, she favorited some designs by the designer Mariette C. And I know this because I occasionally look in my friends list on Ravelry when I'm bored and sitting at the computer. I'll look under community and I'll select friends and I can see all the things my friends are knitting or queuing or favoriting, etc. And there were several by this designer and I thought, I've never seen her stuff before. So instantly I went down the rabbit hole of Mariette C. And she has really pretty designs. They're beautiful and they're simple and they're classic, but they're kind of modern-ish classic. So one of them that I loved a lot is just a typical v-neck top-down sweater but she had duplicate stitched hearts on it oh my gosh it's so cute it's called the lover and what a simple idea that you could duplicate duplicate stitch hearts or any shape you want or any words you want over your sweater and she said you know you do it as many or as few as you want based on your own individual preference and i thought i'm totally going to do that on some project someday. I probably wouldn't knit that particular pattern for it, but what a brilliant idea. And then one of the others that I really loved is called Emmy, E-M-Y. And it's an open front sweater, no buttons, with positive ease. And it has little puffs, not little sleeves, they're long sleeves, but they have a puff because at the end, the wrist cinches in mm-hmm. and it has little buttons on the the cuff and it has either a ruffled edge or a straight edge. She has two options in the pattern. And I'm going to open up that tab so I don't forget anything cool about it. It sounds cute. It's really cute. And I think it's drop sleeve. It's hard to tell from the pattern pictures because they focus more on the cuff. And I was disappointed that there weren't any pictures of the back of the sweater on the pattern page, but some of the project pages do show the back view, which is just a plain stockinette back, but it's super, super cute. And she also had some other patterns that I really liked that were kind of similar to that. And again, they're classic with a modern twist, I would say. So that is Mariette C. And then one more thing that I'm stocking is the result of the Bay Area Fiber Fair. This is the second year that this has been going on, and this is the result of a lot of people in the Bay Area of California, which is a big stretch of 
area that includes San Jose, Santa Clara, San Francisco, Oakland, Berkeley. And a lot of people in this area were missing in-person events like all of us are. Right. <laughs> and so last year, they threw this together at the last minute. So they didn't have a lot of time to ramp up and announce it and stuff. And Charlene and I didn't participate last year because we didn't really have time to think about it. And this year, we had time. So they actually had a kickoff event on Zoom last Sunday, which I attended for about 45 minutes. And it's pretty cool. No matter where you are in the world, you can participate. They have weekly prizes and they have a list of about 50 different challenges that you can compete, you know, quote, compete with. It's not a competition, but, you know, for prizes. It's basically exactly participate with. (laughs) It's basically a craft along. So it's not just knitting. There's crochet, there's dyeing yarn, there's making plarn, which is yarn from plastic bags, or tarn, which is yarn with t-shirts. And there are all sorts of different things. And there are digital ways to enter, like posting a review about a local yarn store. Lots of different ways, 50 different ways to participate. And one of them, of course, is to knit a pattern by a local Bay Area designer, which got me looking at all the designers that are (laughs) participating in all of their projects on Ravelry and their patterns. And a designer we've talked about more than once on the podcast is Afifa. Mm -hmm. And you've, you and I both have stocked patterns by her before. We've met her in real life. She's a wonderful lady. And one of her sweaters caught my eye. It's called the Capture Cardigan. And it's a cardigan, obviously, based on the name. It buttons up. It has a V-neck. It has a lot of positive ease. And it's cool because there are stripes of fingering yarn and mohair lace yarn in narrow stripes. And it's raglan. And the raglan increases. She has you drop stitches. So it has this really cool ladder look in the raglan increases. And it's very, very lightweight sweater. It almost looks like it's floating on her. And it's just really cute. I could totally see myself wearing that sweater. Mm, That sounds really interesting. And I know I must have seen it, but perhaps didn't realize that design feature about the drop stitches. Yeah, it's not super obvious. It almost looks like eyelets unless you really look at it. And she Mm -hmm. does have some good close-up pictures of it. Cool. I'm going to check that one out. It's great. I don't think I can knit it in the time frame of the Bay Area Fiber Fair knit along, which started, I think it was the 26th or something of Mm -hmm. June. And it goes until I think the 17th of September. So almost the same dates as our Colors of Fall knit along. So people could participate in both very easily. So again, that was a design by Afifa called Capture Cardigan. What have you been knitting? Well, I cast on a pattern called Oread by Meiju KP for... The knit-along you just mentioned are Colors of Fall knit-along, which started at the summer solstice and goes through the fall equinox. And Oread is an open front cardigan that has a lace panel down the back. That's kind of its little design feature. It's very pretty. And once you get, once you start knitting 
the body since it's knit top down. Once you separate for the sleeves and start knitting down on the body, there's some short rows in there, which make make it slightly A-line. And what it does is it causes that little lace panel in the back to kind of flare out a little bit, and it looks like a pleat. It's kind of interesting because I, I, there's doesn't seem to be any special technique to make it into a pleat. It looks like it's just all shaped with short rows. Yeah. I would not have anticipated that. Yeah. And huh, cool. I'm enjoying this knit quite a bit. I'm not sure if it's just because of the yarn or perhaps because I haven't knit a sweater like this in a few months, but I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm using some of my favorite stash yarn, which is some older Tosh Merino Light. It's been in my stash for a while, and this has always been one of my favorite yarns. And this current sweater quantity that I am knitting with is particularly nice. The Tosh Merino Light, well, all Madeline Tosh bases, they change occasionally from year to year and batch to batch. They're a little bit different. And this one, since it's several years old, I think this is probably about the time when I really fell in love with this yarn because it's so shiny and it I think it's not quite as twisted as the Tosh Merino light that they're currently producing. And so there's something about it that's just really fluffy and nice. And like I said, it's very shiny. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I really like this base. And the color is a beautiful color. It's composition book gray, which is one of my favorite colors from Tosh. Hence, saving the sweater quantity for so long because I kept <laughs> waiting for the quote-unquote perfect pattern to come along. So, really enjoying that. That is Or Read by Meiju KP. Yay for happy knits. Yes. And then, drumroll please, Gail, you'll be very happy to hear that I have finished the seaming on the leaf bird sleeves. Yay! <laughs> that's great news yeah so i just have to do there's a finishing row that goes along the bottom of the sweater and a finishing row that goes along the neckline of the sweater so in order to do those i th i think it's basically you pick up a certain number of stitches as you go along each edge and then i think the second row is just bind off so there really is not a lot to do. I do want to wash the sweater before I do the pickup to make sure that the sizing doesn't change when I wash the sweater. So that needs to be done. So that's the next step, but there's not a lot of knitting left to do. That's great. Yeah. And then the third thing I have on the needles is my long-term blanket on the porch. I am working on that occasionally, but the last couple of weeks I've been mostly working on or read. Sweater love. Yes. <laughs> so what are you knitting, Gail? Both of my current projects are Colors of Fall knit-along projects. 
I cast on the Live Light Sweater by Carrie Bostikaj on June 20th when the knit along kicked off. And that was fun to cast on with everybody. And I'm using a precious sweater quantity of Western Sky Knits Merino 17 Light. So it's her fingering weight Merino 17 base. And it is dreamy. Oh my gosh, this <laughs> is such a soft yarn. I yeah. I instantly went and looked at her website to see how much more I could buy. And I told myself, no, you can't do that until you at least finish this sweater quantity. It's really nice to knit oh, with. So nice. It is so soft. It almost feels like there's silk in it. That's how soft it feels mm-hmm. to me. It's Or lovely. cashmere. Yeah. Lovely yarn. And I'm using the Patina colorway, which is basically the Patina color of brass or cop- more copper probably that has tarnished a little bit and oh it's just so pretty I love it I'm really enjoying the sweater a lot and it's a top-down open front sweater with raglan shaping and I've already separated for the sleeves and I'm about two inches into the body so it's cruising along with raglan shaping it takes a while to get to the point where you bind not bind off separate for sleeves So it took me quite a while to get to that point, but now that the sleeves are separated, it's cruising along and I'm super happy with it. So Live Light by Carrie Bostikaj. And then I've also cast on Calico by Don Barker. So the two projects last episode I was planning to cast on for Colors of Fall, I'm knitting both of them already. This is the planned pooling shawl and I am using the same yarn as in the pattern pictures, which is the designer's company Chasing Rabbits. She dyes the yarn and it's the base fern. So it's merino nylon in the colorway violets. And I can't tell you how happy this project makes me to knit. Oh my gosh, it's so, 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 so pretty and fun. It's so cool. And oh my you're gosh. knitting with the color that I want to make also. Although I haven't bought the yarn, but I think I will because after seeing yours, I really want to. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's so much fun. So the way this, it's assigned pooling. That's what she calls it. Yes. The way it works is you cast on a garter tab. No, it's not even a garter tab cast on actually. It's just a straight up cast on and you start increasing right away. And when you get to the stretches of yarn that are purple, so the yarn is natural with these stretches of purple when you get to the purple you start doing what she calls a cluster stitch and that cluster stitch uses up all of that stretch of purple and then you go back to stockinette until you come to the next strip or stretch of purple so each of those stretches of purple becomes its own little cluster so they're they end up being randomly placed on this background of basic natural stockinette And it's so pretty. The result is striking to me. I just think it's the loveliest, prettiest look ever. I'm infatuated, (laughs) as you can tell. So when I start knitting that in the evening, if Leroy lets me because he's sleeping, then I tend to just get carried away and not want to knit anything else. So (laughs) I'm trying to, to work on both projects at the same time, but Calico definitely sucks my attention in at every available opportunity. So that's Calico by Don Barker. We would like to thank our sponsor this month, Lolo Body Care. While rolling across the country, Kismet Andrews, 
the founder and formulator of Lolo Body Care, had many hours to contemplate ways to incorporate sustainability into travel. As a company, Lolo Body Care treats their products with the same mindset as Pete Seeger, the folk singer and social activist, said, if it can't be reduced, reused, repaired, rebuilt, refurbished, recycled, resold, refinished, or composted, then it should be restricted, designed, or removed from production. Besides purchasing sustainable products, where did she arrive after all those hours of contemplation? Number one, purposely prepare. No matter your mode of transportation, pack snacks from home in reusable containers and fill up reusable water bottles to minimize the vast amount of trash along the highway. Plus, this way, you can choose snacks that sustain your body and the earth. Number two, support local economy. As tempting as another hamburger at a quick drive through chain may be, support local culture while traveling. Stop at family-owned restaurants to try local cuisine and minimize waste. Purchase souvenirs from small-town business owners who love to connect with anyone who enters their shop. And last, choose eco-friendly accommodations. Research hotels and bed and breakfasts in the area you are traveling to. Minimize waste as much as possible by hanging up towels and leaving the Do Not Disturb sign on the door. This allows for less frequent, unnecessary room cleaning. Also, bring your own toiletries, preferably travel-size Lolo body care products. While she prefers smaller, funky hotels that practice sustainability, it's not always possible to snag a room. So Google five hotel chains that offer sustainable stays for more information. Thank you, Lolo Body Care and Kismet. We appreciate you sponsoring, and we appreciate our Lolo Body Care products. Yeah, and the great tips, too, especially yes. the, the hotel tip or finding hotels that aren't regular hotel chains. And mm -hmm. we love every time we travel stopping at like roadside farmers markets yes. or things like that. It's kind of one of the highlights of a road trip. Yeah, definitely. All right. What have you finished? One thing, last time I talked about casting on a cowl for knit in public knitting. I finished that. It's just a very, very basic cowl. I did not follow a pattern. I knit a few rows and purled a row and knit a few more rows and purled another row until I was done. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. So that cowl is done, and that's the only thing I have finished. How about you, Gail? What have you finished? Well, because I hadn't finished anything in a long time, I had the urge to have some instant gratification finishes, <laughs> and it just happened to be another knit-along opportunity to participate in because I get Andrea Mowry's newsletter, and she is having what she's calling the Adorn-Along, where any of her accessory patterns are... So are a way you can participate in her knit along. And it's going, I think, until August 17th or something. So that's a lot of time to knit some of her smaller accessories. And I knit the tincture hat, which I purchased when it first came out. It's a herringbone 
colorwork hat, but it's all done using mosaic technique, which means you're slipping stitches. So you only use one color per row instead of trying to juggle two colors on a row or two colors or more. So it's a two color hat and you start with the brim and I used Ritual Dyes Priestess DK base in the Portalaca colorway, which is a beautiful pink with speckles of brighter pink and brown. I use that as the main color. And then the contrast color, I held two browns together. One was a Tosh Merino light and the other was Candy Skein. And they're both dark brown. And I held those doubled to get a DK weight and used up some of my scraps, which was very nice. So those all three yarns were scrap yarns and I finished it and it's really cute. I have to block it, but it's a really nice hat. It's too big for me, which I anticipated was going to be the case. So it will be a charity hat. And the second charity hat that I finished was just a scrap yarn hat. So I used DK scraps from my stash and I think I used up six different scraps out of my DK stash. And I basically just cast on a certain number of stitches, knit, 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 using up a bunch of different colors and then used a bind off that's similar to the third thing I finished, which is the Muscleboro hat by Isolde Teague. And that was really fun. So that's the one that's basically, you start with increases on one end, you knit a giant tube and then you decrease at the other end and then you push one end into the other to have a double layered hat. And I used for that, hat Knitpicks Felici Sport Weight in the macaroon color, which is kind of pastel colors. To me, it screams child. So I knit a child size. And that one, the increases and decreases are all spaced in four quadrants on the hat. So you have this four, four lines that come together. And that's the same decreases that I used on my scrap hat because I think it looks really cool and it's very easy to do. So those were all very enjoyable hats. I will definitely be knitting more of the Musselboro hats because they are literally, you don't have to think about it hats and they'd be a great way to use up scraps also because the pattern is written based on your gauge. So anything from a fingering weight yarn to, I think she says DK, she doesn't recommend larger than a DK weight because it makes too bulky of a hat. So any weight yarn works basically, and it would be a great way to use up scraps to make the hat unique and fun. So Muscleboro, Tincture, and then a scrap hat, two of which, well, actually all three of them are charity hats. So I'm well on my way to the number that I targeted for the year. So I'm super Excellent. happy with that. All good finishes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And today we're going to finally wrap up our sweater series. So our School of Knit series, which we started in the beginning of 2020 when we thought it would be basically the whole year we'd have a new topic on a sweater every month, but then COVID showed up and kind of threw us off our game. So we yeah. didn't have a continuous series <laughs> like we thought we would, but we did cover a lot of ground, didn't we? We did. So it started with episode 209. I think it was our first episode of the year in 2020. And we started with picking a pattern for your first sweater. And then we went on to talk about sweater 
design elements, cast-ons, increases, separating for sleeves, picking up stitches, hems and bind-offs, and the last one was modifications. So we've had a lot of sweater topics. <laughs> we have because some of those turned into two episode topics because we got so much great feedback from everyone listening that we there was more to talk about than we thought there was. That was especially true for picking your first sweater pattern. And I hope that everybody listening got what we were trying to do. We were trying to make it easy for anyone who was listening who hadn't yet knit a sweater to go for it and to try to knit a sweater, whether it was a child size sweater, which we recommended is a really good place to start because it's a lot easier, a lot shorter term. Yeah. Anywhere up to your very first garment for yourself or a loved one. And as a result of those first picking a pattern episodes, we actually have a bundle in our Ravelry group that many listeners have contributed to that is basically a list of great first sweater patterns. So if you go to the Yarniex podcast group on Ravelry, let's see, there's, there's a little section underneath where it says Yarniex podcast on the main page of our group, but it's above the logo and it has different tabs such as overview, forum, pages, the next one is bundles, and you click on bundles. We have 11 bundles, and some of our bundles are patterns for small bits of yarn, multicolored shawls, speckled yarn pattern ideas, patterns for hand spun. We have 11 total. The one we're going to talk about today is called Good First Sweater Patterns. It's a very self-explanatory name, which is awesome. And the cool thing, I think, about some of the patterns in the bundle is that any pattern as your first sweater pattern is a great pattern. There are some color work patterns, there are some lace patterns, there are some adult size, some children's size, and some of them I wouldn't necessarily target as a first sweater pattern. But you know what? If you're knitting your first sweater, you might not know what you don't know. Exactly. And you might not know that lace is a little more challenging or color work is a little more challenging. So I know a lot of people who have knit a first sweater that I think, oh my gosh, that was, I'm surprised you finished. But hey, you don't know what you don't know. So go for it. Exactly. Exactly. I think it's important to pick a design that is something that you typically like and wear or pick a design that you're going to make as a gift or perhaps a small practice sweater. For example, a lot of times people will say that top-down raglans are good first-time sweaters, but if that is not a style you would normally choose to wear, just because you make it probably isn't going to change your mind about that. And yeah. if it's not a style that you typically wear and you have your heart set on making something for yourself, that is not the best choice for you, despite the fact that people say, oh, this is a great style to make for your first sweater. Because well you really said. have, yeah, you really have to pick something that suits your body, suits your lifestyle, and, and is a style that you enjoy wearing, which is another reason why 
Gail and I both tend to say that a baby or a child or a gift sweater is often a really good option, something that's tiny that you can just try out different techniques. And also pick a pattern that you think is fun to knit. Don't pick a pattern that is going to be something that's a drudge or a slog. And don't pick a yarn that you're not going to enjoy knitting with. One of the first sweaters I ever knit, I knit in a full cotton, mercerized cotton yarn. And not only was it not a great yarn for my hands and my knitting pleasure, but the sweater also grew so much I could (laughs) never wear it. So do a little bit of homework and make sure you're going to pick a yarn that will be enjoyable for the knitting itself and a yarn that's good to wear later, because that can make or break the joy of a first sweater project. Definitely. And something I have to say that I have noticed about new knitters after working in a yarn store for so long is that for some reason, there's this belief out there that the first project you make or the first sweater you make has to be fantastic and it has to be good enough to wear. (laughs) And I'm not sure why people feel that way. (laughs) Where did that myth come from? (laughs) Yes, because I'll get people coming in and they'll say, oh, I want to knit this sweater. Oh, how long have you been knitting? Oh, I'm just learning the knit stitch. Or I want this scarf to make. And a scarf actually is a rather intimidating project for a new knitter because it's miles and miles of stitch. Yeah. I have known so many folks to start their scarf and they get so frustrated because they think it doesn't look good. And I try to remind people that most other crafts and hobbies that people start, they don't necessarily place that expectation of perfection on their very first project. So I'm not sure why that seems to be a thing in knitting, for example, in sewing, if you're just learning how to sew, a lot of times you start out making a muslin of something or a pillowcase. Or if you're painting, you probably have practice canvases or sketches, that kind of thing. So try to set yourself up for success by practicing stitches and skills before expecting something perfect. There's nothing wrong with just knitting to practice. Knit cloths. Yes, knit dishcloths just to practice. Knit squares just to practice. I I I think that needs to be encouraged a lot more so that knitters don't necessarily feel that incredible need to have their first project be perfection. <laughs> yeah, I agree. There's that expectation that it's going to be the most marvelous sweater and I'll wear it forever. And yeah. that just doesn't really happen that no. often. <laughs> Especially the fit part. If you're knitting a sweater that has fit expectations and it's your first ever sweater, that's a hard goal to achieve. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we're talking about patterns, one thing I think that many of the patterns that are in this bundle share is that they are loose fitting or positive ease sweaters. So there isn't as much of that 
expectation of having a fitted sweater because having a a fitted sweater that's to a certain measurement for the bust and then that changes a measurement for the waist and changes for the hips again that's that's a lot more difficult to execute than something that is just universally positive ease or something that is a line for example like confetti Confetti yes. is in that bundle. It's a sweater by Vera Valimaki, which Charlene and I have both knit multiple times. Incredibly forgiving as far as fit goes. Mm-hmm. Very fun because you can do so many different things with that pattern in terms of colors, stripes, solids, whatever you want. And it does have a top-down raglan construction. So again, if that's something that suits your body that you like wearing, it's a really great fur sweater. Yeah, that one, I I think it's, I love that pattern because I there's so many things you can do with it. <laughs> it's very versatile. Yeah. Another one that I hardly recommend is the Easy One series by Hohi Locatelli. She has one called the Easy One and then a second in the series called the Easy Bulky One. The difference being the yarn weight. The original easy one pattern is knit in fingering weight, and the bulky one, of course, is knit in bulky weight yarn. And I believe that neither of those patterns have short rows. Both patterns are a relaxed fit, which, as we mentioned, I think makes for a greater chance of success with a garment for a first-time garment. There are also several children's and baby patterns in the bundle from as simple as the newborn vertebrae sweater, which is a top-down cardigan with raglan shaping for a newborn. So whizzes right off the needles and is very easy to knit. Super tiny. Yeah, for super tiny newborn (laughs) sizes. So it's not a whole lot of yarn. It's adorable. (laughs) And then our friend Deborah, Goldie Girl, she added one to the bundle that at first glance I thought, hmm, I don't think I'd knit that as a first sweater, but I've actually knit it three times and it's a really easy pattern. It's called Helena and it's actually a knitty pattern. So it's also free. It has a range of sizes from teeny to various children's sizes. Mm -hmm. And it's a top-down raglan that has lace in the skirt of the sweater. So at first glance, I thought, oh, it's lace. It's probably difficult, but it's not. I've knit it three times and it's (laughs) a charming sweater. It's adorable. And one I knit for my friend and I don't think she ever even put it on her child. She actually put it on a hanger and hung it in the room as a decoration. (laughs) which I think is really cute. It probably got more use that way than actually being worn as a sweater. Yeah. But it's that cute. It really is. It's that cute. Yeah. The nice thing about that pattern, because I looked at that pattern with that thought too, but if you are someone who maybe wants to try a first project with lace, the reason why this one is particularly good is because it's just straight lace on the body of the sweater. You don't have to deal with increases, decreases, that kind of thing. Yeah, increases and decreases within a lace pattern can be challenging. For a first sweater, (laughs) yeah, maybe not a great idea. But this one, like Charlene said, you start with a specific number of stitches and you never change that number. Therefore, it's straight up lace knitting. It's not a difficult lace pattern and it's fun. 
So good for maybe a first lace project. Mm -hmm. Another one that I think is really good for first time knitters, and I know it was written with that thought in mind, is the flax sweater from Tin Can Knits. I have not knit this one, but I know that a lot of folks have used it as their first time sweater. And I believe that the designer, Tin Can Knits, has some extra instruction included in the pattern to help you be successful with this sweater. Because like I said, I, I think it was written with the thought that it was a good first sweater for yes. new knitters. It's part of the simple collection. Oh, that's right. Which, yeah. Yeah. Which are all intended for newer knitters. Yes. Yeah. And if you don't like raglan sleeves, which the majority of what we've talked about so far are raglan, except for the Easy Series by Hohe, those are not raglan. There's another Hohe pattern in the bundle called the Super Simple Summer Sweater, which you've all mm -hmm. heard me talk about many, <laughs> many times. It is an incredibly easy top-down circular yoke sweater that is straight up knitting, except for the increases that you do for the circular yoke. And I believe there are some decreases in the sleeves. And other than that, it's an incredibly simple sweater and also very versatile. So that's a good one to look at. And of course, boxy and worsted boxy are in the bundle as well, which they are easy, but it's a lot of knitting. It's a lot of knitting. The yeah, worsted so. boxy, not so much because obviously worsted weight. The, the original boxy is fingering weight, and that is a lot of knitting. So for a first sweater... Unless you have a lot of knitting time and you're very focused, I don't recommend it necessarily. For ease, yes, it's easy enough to be a first sweater. Mm -hmm. But most of us want something that you get a little bit more gratification from and see faster results. Yes. So unless you really want a lot of stockinette knitting, I would say maybe make that your second sweater or do the worsted boxy. And I have to put in a plug. Most... I shouldn't say most, I should say some local knitting stores are opening up. It's difficult to judge because I know there are places around the world where the pandemic is still raging and some places are going into lockdowns and shutdowns because of a second wave. So if you have the option check in with your local yarn store if you're fortunate enough to have one. A lot of local yarn stores have classes, and if they're not doing classes in person right now, some are offering classes via Zoom. You may be able to at least get your questions answered. YouTube has a lot of tutorials available for techniques if you're a visual learner and need to, see, need to see stitches such as increases and decreases shown to you on video, for example. YouTube is great. Very Pink Knits has a really, really, really good video tutorials. Yeah, yeah. Demonstrations. There are lots of written materials, of course, for new techniques. It just depends how you learn. Everybody learns differently. So figure out what is best for you and look for the resources that are available to you. 
And remember that the Yarniex group on Ravelry is a resource as well. We get it's a, a lot great of resource. questions. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people come and ask questions about different things, anything from a technique to how do I modify this to I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me? And everybody is incredibly helpful, of course, in our group. Mm-hmm. And the Saturday Zooms are still going, and we often have people ask questions there, too. Yeah. So we're here for you. And, of course, there are other groups on Ravelry that are more technique-oriented. That's always a good place to look. If you cannot use Ravelry, try messaging on Facebook, or there are also lots of knitting groups on Facebook that are interactive in terms of knitting help. So there's a lot available to us. If you cannot get to your local yarn store or cannot use your local yarn store, or perhaps you don't have one. Yep. (laughs) And to wrap up this whole series, thank you for sticking with us. I hope that it was helpful. I know a lot of you are regular sweater knitters already, but hopefully we did uncover a gem or two for you along the way. And if you did happen to knit your first sweater in the last year and a half, please share it with us in the episode thread for this episode. We'd love to hear what sweater you picked, why you picked it, what worked, what didn't work, etc. It would be really fun to hear about it. Yeah, that would be great. We really needed this today. We've been talking about the joy of rediscovering that we actually like seeing people in person (laughs) and not just talking to people through a microphone and a computer. We got to visit with some knitting friends this weekend for the first time in... So long. And it was so restorative. I felt filled up. I felt so happy. And I hope everybody's getting a chance to see other humans and that it's bringing you joy. And if you're not, we are here for you. Yes. (laughs) So happy knitting. Thank you for listening. Happy knitting, everyone. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.